I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. All right, we are live. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Sales Team Rescue, episode number 53. Now, today, I want to talk about a topic that I think is really, really vital as businesses are starting to change the way they do business. A lot of people have now experienced their companies with teams working remotely. Uh, There's been some challenges. There's been some successes. There's been some epiphanies, realizing maybe we don't need physical buildings. Maybe we don't need everybody in the same room, which is creating opportunities for us. But for other businesses, especially ones that are just starting back up, they're saying, how can I grow now? How can I take advantage of where things are at and these new remote conditions that are now more widely accepted than ever, but do so in a way that isn't going to cost me a pile of money up front. And so today I want to talk about how to build a commission-only sales team. In fact, the, the core of this message is going to be the three things that you need to build a commission-only sales team. So before we dive into it, uh, again, welcome to Sales Team Rescue, episode number 53. I am your host, Jeremy Demerchant, and I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you watching. If you're watching live on Headspace TV, if you're listening to the podcast, you're catching the recording, I appreciate you as well. Um, I want to make sure that we're in a place where we can help as many people as we possibly can. And so I've been getting a lot of questions about compensation plans, commission structures, things like that. And as you may or may not know, uh, when I work with a company, I do a full assessment of their existing compensation plan for their sales team. I mean, if somebody is new and bringing me on to help them build a sales team, I will build a three-tiered compensation plan right from scratch. Um, And so just really quickly, what a three-tiered compensation plan is, and this is my approach, is I design commission-only comp plans for your frontline sales rep, the sales manager, and the director, or whatever your, your three tiers are as far as titles go. And the reason I do this is because if you build a sales force properly and you have appropriate sources of leads for people to reach out to, then you can have a self-funding sales team Without, I won't say without effort because that's not true at all. There's lots of effort that goes in. It's not simple. But you can successfully have a self-funded sales team. All you need to know, though, is that if you're bringing on one rep at a time, you, as the business owner, um, need to play the role of manager, coach, of um, quality assurance, right? So there's a lot to it. But let's back up. If I'm going to answer the question that I've been getting frequently lately is, is it possible to have a commission-only sales team? The answer is yes. Is it possible to have a commission-only remote sales team? The answer is still yes. So that's the good news. The less than good news is, and it's not bad news really, it's just, um, it's that you need to work at it. There's got to be some pieces in place that allow you to do it. And so I want to go through those three things. But before I do that, Let's talk about different types of compensation plans. Now, we know that uh, in a traditional sales role, 
a lot of roles are a base plus commission. And that's great. But I want you to think about when you're designing these roles, what kind of person you want to attract and what kind of person you want long-term. And when I say think about the kind of person, I want you to think about what's important to them. So if you have someone, if if you're typically attracting someone uh, who is, uh, you know, at an age where they may have a family, they might have more responsibilities. And the other part is to consider how long your sales cycle is, how long somebody probably needs to wait to get paid. And if you've got a long sales cycle, okay, then it might not be an ideal scenario to start with commission only. Now, if it doesn't matter, uh, you know, the, the age and maturity or experience or basically the, if it doesn't matter what kind of person you get in the role as far as background and family life, and I want to be clear, this isn't a, a judgment issue, but I want you to think about what kind of personality is going to be best suited to sell your product or to connect with your audience. Um, I'm not going to get into too many in-depth conversations here, but I just want you to think about What's the type of personality or attitude or life experience is going to connect best with that audience? Who are you selling to? People are going to be able to uh, purchase more comfortably from someone that they feel like gets them. That doesn't mean they have to be a mirror image of them, right? I can make sales to people in their seventies. I can make sales to people that are 17. It doesn't matter. Uh, But the person needs to have the skill set to be able to connect with them. Okay. So think about that. And if you've got a scenario where, you know, the person that you're likely going to hire is is at a life stage or probably at a life stage where they have responsibilities and um, they, and you've got a long sales cycle and it's going to be six, nine, 12 months. Um, that's not going to be an ideal scenario for commission only sales team. Okay. There's other things you can do and you can pay them based on other activities, which we'll get into. Uh, but I want you to broaden the, this, the, I guess your, open to the box. Okay. We want to think outside the box. We often think that there's commission only, then there's some hybrid of base plus commission, and then there's just base salary. And there's so much more than that. Okay. Functionally, those are a few of like the majority of the components, but we can put them together in such creative ways that we can create more opportunity. Okay. So let me dive in to the three things that you need to be able to have a commission only sales team. This also applies to a commission-only remote sales team. Okay, these are the three things. Number one, you need to have somebody buy into your vision. Now, here's the a key piece to this. This isn't putting a body in a seat. This isn't going out and saying, hey, I need to go find a closer who's going to come into my business and I can just give them 10% of the sale. It's not that simple. Now, that number might end up being 10%, but it's just not that simple. You need to find the right person that's going to align with your company. And here's the reason. One is if you have people that are coming and saying, hey, I am a closer, hire me. I, you know, I'm a closer for hire. What happens is they probably have multiple clients. And not that there's anything wrong with that. But if it were me, and with my clients, it is me doing the hiring. But if it were me, I want to attract people that are going to be focused on helping improve my sales process, improving their skill and not worrying about different sales opportunities for 15 different clients. Okay. I know like, and I've, I've been in scenarios where I've helped with teams where someone sells in multiple campaigns. I've worked with people who um, have multiple clients and there's nothing wrong with it, but I would love to be in a position where you're bringing somebody in 
who believes in your vision, who sees the vision that you see and wants to be a part of it. This is why you see uh, people join startups for very low salaries, or maybe it is just a percentage of growth, but there's a high upside. It's because they, they see the vision, they believe in it. And so you need to be able to have your sales reps believe in your vision. And if you can do that, then that opens the door to possibilities. Now, you don't need to uh, you know, try to convince them about all the money they're going to make. That's not the story. That's not the story they want to hear. They want to hear what they're being made a part of. Okay, In 2020, the key piece for most salespeople I mean, money's part of it. Don't get me wrong. You need to be financially stable, right? We want the money. But people want to be part of something bigger than them. And it's not just in 2020. It's been that way for years. But it's becoming more prevalent now because there is so much opportunity. So if you have a vision and you can communicate that vision effectively with your sales team, you're likely to get somebody of much higher talent, greater experience, and likely more powerful results for a lot less money or commission only because they believe in your vision. They're willing to take the risk. Okay. The key about a commission only sales plan is there's risk. If they don't perform, they don't get paid. And actually all the risk is off you as the business owner, other than the time you're investing um, in training. So it's very attractive for you, less attractive for salespeople, but those that buy into the vision will be willing to put some skin in the game, which is investing their time to get trained up, to practice, to improve their own sales skills, to learn about the company, learn about your customer, and go out there and make the deals happen. But they need to buy into that vision. You can't say, you know what? I've got a widget. Let's go sell it. Mm, I can go down the road and sell a widget and they'll pay me more, right? So the vision is one of the key pieces to not only being able to build a commission sales team, but be able to attract top talent and keep them from worrying about who's got the better commission plan, who's got the easier to sell product. If you have them buy into your vision, it's going to make such a huge difference. So that's number one. And I think the most important, have them buy into your vision. That's the number one thing you need to have if you're going to build a commission sales team. Number two is, I can't read my own handwriting here. Um, oh, gotcha. You need a. <laughs> you need to build compensation plan or the commission structure around the activities that you want to see repeated. Now, if you've got a pet at home, especially a dog, and you want to train them, you want to, you want to give them the treat. You want to give them the reward when they're doing good things. They're doing the behaviors you want to see repeated. And I hate to say people are like dogs because I'm not saying that technically, right? Sure. Um, but we, myself included, when I'm acknowledged for something or I'm given a reward for a behavior, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again if I'm rewarded. So let's make sure that we've got that built into our compensation plan. So uh, for example, what activities, especially if you've got a longer sales cycle, are there activities that are built into your process that you can reward? And maybe it's not dollars. Maybe it's points towards something. You can have some internal competitions, but make sure you're rewarding these things. Um, one of the things that we were measured on in a previous life, I used to uh, be a frontline sales rep and a coach and uh, sales manager or, operation or production manager. I forget the actual title now, maybe supervisor, but uh, we were measured on our talk time. Now this is, this is a call center. We were measured on our talk time. And so we wanted to get our talk time higher 
because that meant that we were having better conversations. And when you have better conversations, that means that you're more likely to connect with somebody, build a relationship and make the sale. So they're able to break things apart in the sales process, knowing, hey, if you talk more, you're more likely to make the sale. If you get to this stage, you're more likely to make the sale. And you can measure that out. So it's your sales pipeline. What stage are they at and what likelihood does that impact or what's the likelihood that they're going to move forward based on where they're at today? So this is stats. I'm not going to get into the the nitty and gritty, gritty parts of it, but think about what you can reward. Um, for example, one of my clients uh, has a scenario where there's value to the company in keeping a client year after year. And so we built something into the compensation plan that's pretty unique where uh, where the, the sales reps will actually get um, a little bit of a thank you, I'll call it, um, for retaining the client, for keeping them on board. And what happens is that can build year over year over year. And so we're incentivizing not only the relationship to keep being built, but we're also incentivizing the that sales rep to stick around. If you can have somebody that's great, that doesn't that you don't want to ever leave, if you can build something into the back end, like for example, the insurance business, um, specifically like life insurance, critical illness, disability, that stuff. Um, but especially in the life business and in investments, you can build an entire business off your residuals, right? This is why in a lot of cases, and there's, there's different plans. So don't, you know, this isn't a blanket statement, but it covers a lot of territory. When I say this in the insurance business, when you make a sale, you get, usually you get some kind of residual or backend commission. And when you do that and you do that year after year after year, by year 10, if you can survive as a sales rep in the insurance industry by year 10, you're in a really good spot because you're getting residuals off all the work that you've done for the past 10 years. You create your own salary. So if you can, in, if you can use that concept to not only help your good reps want to stay, but also help them design their base salary as they build their book of business, if you will, or their, um, their clientele. And this is of course, if there's a relationship that they build and I encourage you to design your your sales process so that your reps do create a relationship. Okay. Um, build that in because that's really, really important. So if you want someone to keep that relationship and you want them to stick around, build something into the back end. It doesn't cost you anything up front. And it's a huge incentive for people to stick around. Okay. So that's number two is reward the things that they that you want to see repeated. Now I'm going to add a caveat to that or another component to it. And that other component is Think about the the activities up front, which I alluded to, but is there something specific that they can do in the short term that you know will turn into a higher percentage of sales? Like maybe if you've got a long sales cycle, but you want people to do cold outreach in some way, can you give them a flat fee per appointment or even better have somebody else in your company whose job is to do that and give them a flat fee for appointment? I know someone... Uh, who was getting paid $40 for every booked appointment that showed up. Okay. Key piece in that example. And I want you to think about this $40 per appointment that showed up. So for, and I don't want to get too far off the, the sales commission conversation, but if you have a lead generator, someone that's, a, you know, appointment scheduler, if that person is booking them, incentivize them on the ones that show up, not just how many can you get on the books because they're going to be more thorough in making sure they show up because that appointment being booked alone does not make a sale. 
but it increases significantly once they show up. Right. And then if your sales reps are good, you can be, you know, closing sales 25, 30, 40, 50% or more. And so you can calculate what that looks like. So make sure you're incentivizing the right things, like for that lead generation situation, not just for the booked appointment, but for the booked appointment that shows or the qualified booked appointment that shows. And you've got some specific criteria laid out to what that means. Okay. So think about that. And finally, number three. And this is the biggest challenge when I go and evaluate someone else's compensation plan. Number three is you need to be able to show your reps a clear path to their outcome. And what that really means is that as a sales rep, I need to be able to look at my compensation plan and very simply, very easily be able to run numbers and assess what a sale is worth to me. We don't want to have to make them do 15 different calculations. Um, I'm a huge fan of tiered compensation plan. And the reason why that is, is uh, and when I do a tiered compensation plan, in most cases, there's some exceptions, but in most cases, when people get to a certain, like to the next tier in sales, it increases the value of all their previous sales. That's the added carrot, the added incentive to get them to push further because it increases the value of all the work they've already done. Okay, so that's one piece that I do. Um, the other piece that I do is uh, I, I just make it really, really simple. Like I I like, and you guys, there's people that'll disagree with me, and that's okay. But I like using flat fees based on certain values. There's a, certain situations where a percentage makes more sense, but if you can put together a fat a flat fee, it could be a fat fee, <laughs> um, but a flat fee compensation plan that is tiered. So you get to X number of sales and everything goes up a certain amount and you get to the next level and everything of the previous sales in that month goes up a certain amount. You've got a huge incentive for people to keep pushing. Uh, but I've had certain scenarios where compensation plans uh, that well, actually one reason, for example, I've got one client who we did a flat tier or a flat fee, sorry, um, compensation plan for because we wanted to promote the level of the, the number of sales. Okay. It was more important to the company to get new sales in than it was to reflect the a dollar amount that the sale came in at. And so part of that was not wanting to incentivize people to push people to levels that didn't make sense. Right. So this is again, the conversation around what are we incentivizing? What are the pieces that we're putting into place and what behavior is that? reinforcing. So, and I know it sounds, um, I mean, I use the reference to training a dog before, but we are simple when it comes to sales. I want you to make it simple for me, make it so simple that I can't mess it up that I can go, when I close that sale, it's going to be worth this much. Or when I close this sale, it's going to bring me to my next tier and it's going to make my total compensation worth this for the month. So those are the key pieces. One, have them buy into your vision. This is the most important. If somebody buys into your vision, then you will have all the flexibility in the world to make some magic happen for them. Okay. Number two, make sure you're rewarding the activities that you want to see repeated. Okay. So back end, if you can include something on the back end to increase sales rep retention, great. Give them incentive to maintain those relationships with them with the uh, clients. Great. Um, you want to tie in a flat fee for 
appointments getting booked, make sure it's for appointments that show up, not just to get booked uh, because the person can control or can influence whether or not somebody shows up, right? Just a different conversation or a few extra components added in. So consider that. Um, And then number three, that clear path to the outcome. They need to be able to say, hey, if I do this, 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 and this, I make this. That's what the conversation has to be in somebody's head. It needs to be simple. You don't want to overcomplexify? Sure. Don't want to make it too complex. Just make it simple. Because when I'm out making a sale, I want to focus on serving a customer. And this bit, this like only this much of my focus is like, hey, if I close this, what's this going to do for me? In fact, that that thought might happen before I go in and after I leave. But for most of my effort, um, I'm focusing on how can I serve the client? How can I do the best job for them? Because I know as a good salesperson, as a good sales professional, I know that if I make a good impression on, on this person, even if it's not right, if the solution that I'm providing is not right, but I know that I that they have a positive impression of me, then I know that there's referral opportunities. I know that they might know someone else that's that's a potential sale for me. So I want to be able to have that relationship. So when you're in the conversation, make sure that that you've got your team focused and, and focused on serving the client so that if they do need to say, hmm, what's this worth to me? It's simple. I don't want you to send a sales rep in there in a face-to-face call, a video call or phone call even where they're sitting back going like calculating their commission in their head, trying to think about it, not listening to a customer. Part of that is who you're hiring as well, but just make it simple. You know, let's use an extreme example. Hey, I get five bucks a sale. If I make five for this month, if I uh, jump up to six sales, all my sales become worth 10 bucks as an example. Right? Uh, so just keep it really, really simple. Oh, and one part that I didn't add, is if at all possible, don't cap the sales commission plan. As soon as you put a cap on it, hey, you can make up to this much. As soon as people get there, they're leaving. So don't put a cap. Have it just be able to go on to infinity. And that's why you want to make sure you design your compensation plan in a way that doesn't eat into your margins too much. Okay, so think about that as well. Make it so that you can design it so that there's no cap because there's nothing more attractive to a a great sales professional than knowing that there's no limit to what they can earn. doesn't matter if they've got to bend over backwards to get it. If you take the ceiling off the comp plan, they've got all the control and they know it. Okay. So guys, that's it. I'll run through it one more time. The three steps to creating a commission-only sales team is one, have them buy into the vision. Two, make sure you're rewarding the activities you want repeated. And three, make sure there's a clear path to their outcome. They can figure out what they're getting paid very easily, very effectively, and they can plan. And so they feel that they've got 100% control over their income. Also, don't put a cap on it. Okay, guys. That is it for this episode, episode number 53 of Sales Team Rescue. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. To get this replay and uh, replays of previous episodes, go to salesteamrescue.com. Remember, guys, get uncomfortable, get results. I will see you right here on Headspace TV next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Cheers. 
Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. We'll be right back.